Have you ever been to a restaurant and got something you didn't order? I'm sure the phrase, this wasn't what I asked for, came rolling off your tongue. Have you ever said that same thing to God? In this week's episode, we're looking at a man whose prayers weren't always answered the way he expected. Let's get to it. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Yes, and that includes sound effects. We do this by using true life stories of real people. I'm Timothy Gregory, and I've got a question for you. How do you understand prayer? The Bible says in Mark 11, 24, Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Now this verse makes it sound like if we just believe hard enough, we're going to receive what we want, everything. God shall grant us what we pray for. Yet we know that's not the case, because... Well, not every prayer is answered according to our desires. So why do some prayers get answered the way we want and some don't? We'll be exploring this challenging topic in the true story of Dave Walker Part 2 on this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. It can be heartbreaking when you're praying for healing for someone and, well, they keep getting worse. We see good people taken out of this world even when we've been praying and know God can do something about it. Sometimes it can seem so random who God decides to heal, like he's just throwing a dart at a list of names. We ask for healings and miracles, and sometimes we get them, and other times, well, it feels like radio silence. So, it begs the question, why? That's the hard question facing the man in this week's episode. Also, you'll want to stick around because later we are going to give the rest of you an opportunity to enter our sweepstakes drawing for a prize. No, it's not a cash prize, but, well, it is a prize. And I think it's a prize that you are really going to like if we draw your name. But first, let's get to it, folks. Part two and the conclusion of the true story of Dave Walker. Dr. Walker? Dr. Walker, we need you in emergency. What is it? Little girl, three years old, drank insecticide. She's convulsing and going into cardiac arrest. How is she? Well, I put her on the maximum antidote, but it doesn't look good. She's salivating so profusely, I wasn't sure about ventilating it. Yes, you're right. It'd be very risky. The tube's so small, it'd be easily blocked. I wish there was more we could do. I guess it's just wait and see. Well, I'll just keep checking on her. I'll be on my lunch break. Call if you need me. I felt the urge to pray with tiny Tessa as she lay there struggling to survive. But her family came in and the moment passed without a good opportunity. I pulled up into my driveway and sat there, gripping the wheel, not being able to shake the feeling that I should have prayed. Ignoring my rumbling stomach, I turned around and drove back to the hospital. The man in our story watched God respond to prayer in mysterious and miraculous ways. Based on his book, 
God in the ICU. This is part two of Dr. David Walker's remarkable testimony, right now on Unshackled. I didn't always believe that God loves and cares and aids us, especially in our time of need. In fact, after I buried my brother and two years later his wife, while bouncing their baby in my arms, I was convinced that God was nothing but an onlooker. My wife Penny and I adopted their baby and raised her with our children as our own. But nothing quelled the ache inside. It was then that I began my search for God and found him. Life took an exciting turn as I shifted my focus away from what I could do to what God can do. As so many have discovered, when you're fighting for your life, you need more than medicine. <clears throat> it, excuse me. Yes? I'm Dr. Walker, the anesthesiologist. Oh, yes. Hello. Have they updated you on your daughter? Well, they, they told me they've done everything they can do for now. I see. Tell me, Dr. Walker, can you help my Tessa? I, uh, uh I'm a Christian. And, and I'd like to say a prayer for Tessa, asking God to heal her. Oh, she's going to die, isn't she? Oh. I'd like to pray. All right. Go on. Um, d d dear God, I ask, um, <clears throat> I ask you if, <clears throat> well, I know you love children. Please, um, please heal Tessa in Jesus' name. It was the ugliest, most awkward prayer of all time. Considering God had been urging me to do it, surely eloquence should have flowed. I excused myself and set to attending my other patients. Dr. Walker? Dr. Walker, please come in. Come in and see. Uh, certainly. Is, is Tessa feeling any... Take a chucky milk. Oh, my. <laughs> Ten minutes after you prayed, she opened her eyes and sat up like nothing was wrong. Wow. This is so <laughs> amazing. You prayed, Dr. Walker. You prayed. And look what God did. <laughs> Praise Jesus. We weren't much for church. But now, now I know. God hears. Three years later, a woman tapped me on the shoulder and introduced herself as Tessa's aunt. She said Tessa had been completely healed with no after effects whatsoever. She was a lovely, happy child. After seeing how God healed her niece, the aunt believed in God's power and had received Jesus Christ as her saviour. Dr. Walker. Dr. Walker, what is it? Is he... Linda, they've just taken your father into surgery. He was grey and, and, and sweating and in shock. I've worked with you for years, Dave. Give it to me straight. All right. It's a wound disruption from having his aortic aneurysm fixed last week. 
We thought he was in the clear after he survived. How bad is it? It's serious, Linda. It left his abdomen open and bowels exposed. Oh, no. I'll meet you in the ICU after surgery. Dr. Walker, will you pray? I will. I know you'll keep at it too. As a fellow Christian, Linda's father, John, trusted God and believed in his faithfulness. We had prayed together before his dangerous aneurysm surgery, and things seemed to be going well. What had happened? Where was God in this? Every morning, John and I prayed together, and every day I watched him grow more haggard and strained, often sweating and in pain. Five days later, his heart and kidneys were starting to fail as he developed a blood infection. We prayed harder than ever. Thanks for coming, Dave. I'm here for you, my friend. It's hard. In fact, it's an act of will to praise God in this. I understand. In the Bible, Job said, Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Oh, yeah? That's the kind of faith I see in you. We'll just keep on praying and believing. How are you doing? I met Jesus. What? Last night, as I was drifting off to sleep, Jesus came and stood at the end of my bed. His power and love just enveloped me. It was glorious. That's amazing. <laughs> he took my hand and we visited all my favorite places in Peter Maritzburg. We went home to my favorite restaurant and to the world's view to overlook the city. That's incredible, John. He brought me back here and said, now, don't forget to prize me as he left. We will do just that. Eloquent praise poured from John's lips in easy, fervent worship with a supernatural empowerment he hadn't displayed prior. Yet John's body continued to deteriorate until his eyes closed to this world. Deeply disappointed, I mourned, but I could feel God close and was grateful he had allowed John to relive some of his favorite moments and say goodbye. I was learning that sometimes the best experience is not relief, but the all-pervading power and love of God's manifest presence. And he's proved faithful. If we pray, he will come. Excuse me. Are you Mr. Turner? Yeah. I'm Dr. Walker. I heard about your son, Trent. Yeah, he's uh, in bad shape. Rise syndrome comes on quickly. We gave him aspirin. He was so sick from the influenza, we were trying to get his fever down. We didn't know. Well, he's a well-loved boy, I see. I can't imagine living without him. I... Um, I, I'd like to pray for him, if that's all right. All Trent's dad could do was nod. I prayed for Trent and for his parents and for God's comforting presence. Soon after, Trent died. Often, I wondered how his parents were coping, since many bear the guilt if there's an accident or if a family member is harmed or dies. 
Excuse me! Excuse me! Oh, uh, yeah? Hi, I, I don't know if you remember me, Dr. Walker, but... Uh, yeah, I do. You're uh, Trent's dad. Uh, right, Steve. Uh, yes, we uh, just moved in around the corner. Oh, well, welcome. Thanks. It's a great neighbourhood. Yeah, we like it. I've thought a lot about your family this last year, Steve. Yeah, about that. Uh, I just want to tell you thank you for that night and coming over and praying for Trent. It was an honour. You have no idea what that did for us, to have Trent lifted up to Jesus as he was dying. I was just trying to do what Jesus would have done in my situation. Well, it put my boy in God's arms, and that was such a comfort and continues to be every single day. I've learned God's healing does not always come by making the situation go away. Rather, it takes place as he walks through our trials with us, as a friend and loving companion, one who will never leave our side. In Psalms 34:18, God's word says, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. I've seen it in my own life, as well as in the lives of my patients, one in particular, Mike. There weren't a lot of options for Mike. Gaunt and weak, as though a Holocaust survivor, he panted as he breathed, staring out from eyes sunk deep into their sockets. Aside from the large tumour in his abdomen, his distended belly and extremities were swollen with water, Yet there was no evidence of secondary spread. All we could do was operate to see what else we'd find. I don't feel it yet. Well, the anesthesia takes a few minutes. <sighs> Let's just get it over with. <clears throat> Mike, the nurses will be in to take you to surgery soon. Do you mind if I pray for you? I don't know. I've found it sets people's mind at ease to be reminded of, of God's love and faithfulness, and the peace that comes with entrusting ourselves to him. Does it? From the smallest of surgeries to the most dangerous and complicated. Ugh. I'll make it quick. Fine. Mike's operation went well, as the tumor was largely contained, and pathology came back saying it was non-cancerous. The real issue we faced then was keeping down the fluid that kept accumulating within his body. It simply moved in response to every way we situated him. Every morning I'd come to drain the fluid off his lungs and pray with him. As Mike's slow recovery pressed on, I began to see a change. Better? Yeah, Mike. Everything is looking on the up and up today. Thanks, Doc. Did you have a good night? Better than the last. I'm glad. We're moving in the right direction. You know, I think it's from your praying. Hmm. Well, God is near, and he hears us. I didn't think I would, but I enjoy this time, you know, when we pray. You know, Mike, you can pray on your own and talk to God yourself. Yeah. I don't know. But I like it when you do. In spite of Mike's skepticism, God was still at work healing him. Mike avoided the list of dire complications the medical staff feared. 
He was a mixture of fascinating and funny and reserved, all in one, and the staff all got a kick out of him. I was so hopeful this man would come to know and love the Lord. Dr. Walker, you're never going to believe what happened last night. Your body quit filling up your lungs with fluid? <laughs> we both wish. No, I saw Jesus. Really? That's wonderful. What happened? It was in a dream. Jesus came and told me that he'd call me to follow him, but not yet. Not yet? Yeah, not yet. Well, I don't know that that would have been Jesus, Mike. <laughs> what do you mean? There are times we have to test the spirits and see if they're from God. So you don't think it was from God? Well, here's what I know. In the Bible it says in, I think, 2 Corinthians, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Hmm. Maybe he just wants me to wait. When Jesus has made a way for us to come out of condemnation and into God's love, why would he want anyone to wait a minute longer than they had to? That makes sense. Uh, I don't have an answer. Soon after, I told Mike goodbye and watched him be dismissed from the hospital. My mind went back to the Bible story with ten lepers. Jesus had healed them all and given instructions for them to go show themselves to the priest. Out of the ten, there was only one that came back, and Jesus commended him and said the strangest of things. Thy faith hath made thee whole, or your faith has made you well. Were they not all made well? Our understanding of healing is sometimes too small. The other nine lepers received physical healing, but the one who came back received wholeness. There is so much more than physical healing that God wants to lavish onto us, but the choice is always ours. Penny? I'm home. Back here. I was thinking for dinner we could try that... What's wrong? Honey, tell me, what, what is it? The breast biopsy came back. Folks, we'll get back to Dave's story in just a moment. But first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 71st year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link, if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org, and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check, Unshackled, we take checks. You mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry, and now... 
back to the conclusion of the true story of Dave Walker. But the doctor said it was probably nothing. Well, cancer is a big something. It's cancer, Dave. No. No, 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 no. I'm... I'm so sorry, honey. I'll go with you to appointments and take time off to be with you. And I'll help you. I'll do everything I can and, and we'll get through it, OK? God led us to this and he'll be here for us. It was surreal how we talked and planned her full mastectomy without reconstruction and marked her chemotherapies on the calendar, almost as though we were planning out a family vacation. Penny was often drugged and debilitated, breathless and weak, yet through it all, God showed his love and care. The outpouring of support we received came in the moments our family needed it. It was a grueling year, but Penny made it, and five years later, she was pronounced cured. Hello? Is this Dr. David Walker? It is. Oh, Dr. Walker. I'm from Tawam Hospital, and I'd like to fax you over an employment application for you to complete, if you're interested. Um, <laughs> employment application? Hang on, uh, what hospital again? Tawam Hospital. Which is where? The United Arab Emirates. Uh, wow. Uh, you know I'm in South Africa. Yes. And you're in South Asia, right? Uh, yes, sir. We're bordered by the Persian Gulf, Saudi Arabia, and Oman. Well, it would be an entirely different world. <laughs> I imagine so. And how did you get my name? You came highly recommended. All right. Yeah. Why don't you send me the application? I'll talk it over with my wife. I had been feeling restless and asking God if there was something else he wanted me to do, and here this opportunity was being handed to us. Penny and I decided it would be quite an adventure out there in the desert. So we packed our bags and boarded a plane. And the next thing we knew, we were stepping into a dusty Old Testament Bible scene with camels and sheep and the sparsest of brush. But that was nothing compared to the twist my job took. <laughs> do, do, do you think we can slow down a bit? No, sir. We follow Sheikh Zaid. Do we have to do it so close? If he collapses, you're to resuscitate, so we stay near. Don't know if I've ever been out this way. Oh, you will love it. Wow. In the middle of the desert, flowers and shrubs and, and lawns? Yes, all drip-fed and desalinated water. <laughs> It's amazing. Wait till you see where it all leads. Oh, my. Would you look at that? A white palace. It's magnificent. Looks like it came straight out of a fairy tale. Yes, it shivers all on its own, doesn't it's it? Gorgeous. Does Sheikh Zayed own it? Yes, it's the 25th desert palace he's built. What does he do with the other 24? <laughs> I don't know. But the ones I've seen are spectacular. There were countless new experiences in the United Arab Emirates. Although it was not easy to pray with my patients through an interpreter, I still proceeded to do so. 
I also organized citywide prayer meetings that grew in support and numbers. It seemed like we were really getting a footing in this new world we were in until the unthinkable happened. Dave, do you mind helping me with my necklace? Sure. You know, this is one more way you amaze me. <laughs> what do you mean? It's a skill to clasp those little latches. And part of me wonders if maybe you enjoy seeing how long it takes me. <laughs> I've considered getting a stopwatch. Uh, well, <laughs> you'll need backup batteries. Wait, Pen, what's this on your neck? What do you mean? Right here. Feel it? Huh. It's like a marble in there. Does it hurt? No, I can't feel it. I think we should get it checked out. What do you think it is? I don't know. But when you had cancer, we had almost ignored that lump since it seemed so minor. I don't think we should risk it with this one. You don't think that... Most likely, it's nothing. But you know, the doctor in me likes to make sure. A little needle biopsy showed Penny's cancer had returned. Further investigation revealed it had spread beyond any hope of a permanent cure. Even so, radiation and chemotherapy were recommended. Treatment slowed the inevitable spread, but when it became evident in Penny's spine, hips and lungs, the doctors advised that we go to South Africa and spend the remaining time she had with our family. What do you have there? Check out this one. He's huge. He's as big as a dog. Can we keep him? Now, that's why you're volunteering here, remember? So you can care for all the cats here to your heart's content. Oh, all right, if you insist. But on the way home, let's swing by the store. It's Lucille's birthday and I want to surprise her. Is she the checker? No, no, that's Nicole. Remember she has the ten-year-old who's getting braces? How can you know so much about other people's lives just from going to the grocery store? I don't know. I just like to be involved and ask people how they are and get to know them. This world's full of fascinating people and I'm not going to be around forever. I hate it when you talk like that. It's true. And speaking of which, we need to get my coffin picked out. Oh, Pen. What? What I don't want is you're getting me something fancy. So we'll pick it out together now. You know what? You have more life in you than most people do walking around in their normal lives. I'm just happy to have this time, Dave. I don't want it wasted. Penny was 64 when her breathing slowly subsided and stopped. Nothing moved. Suddenly, she momentarily opened her eyes as if she'd seen something. Then she was gone. I believe we had a glimpse of her welcome home. What's going on in here? I'm relinquishing most of my anaesthetic activities, particularly in the ICU. I hadn't heard. I found it fitting that my last experience of seeing God work in critical care should be a personal one. And with Penny's passing, it seemed time. It's hard to imagine the ICU without you, Dr. Walker. Uh, it's Dave now. Dave. We will miss you. As I think back on my life, I must share what I've learned 
Nothing shields us from the unpredictable experiences of a fallen world. How we respond, however, especially to God, will determine how it affects us. Whether something in us dies or springs to a new, fuller, more abundant life. As I face life without Penny, I discover anew that God is near the brokenhearted and saves those crushed in spirit. I've gone abroad on mission trips and journey with a group of doctors to operate on those who'd have no hope of help otherwise. What I've learned most is God is faithful, and I love to see how he intervenes when we relate personally to him in prayer and obedience. John 5.14 says, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. God will always hear us and answer our prayers, even if it's with a no. We just have to trust that the no is according to his will. His will is perfect even when it doesn't seem perfect to us. It's good to pray for those who are hurting, but if their healing is not according to God's will, we have to trust that he will use their pain in another way, one we might not see or understand. We heard Dave say, God's healing doesn't always come by making the situation go away. Rather, it takes place as he walks through our trials with us as our creator and loving companion. God wants us to talk with him, walk with him, and put our trust in him that he will use pain for his purpose, his good purpose, and maybe bring healing in a way we never expected, or we may never understand until we see him in heaven. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so Send us your questions, and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or you know, just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We'd love to hear from you, but in the meantime, here's a fact about Unshackled. Did you know Unshackled has been translated into 14 other languages outside of English? Uh, some of those languages include Farsi, Polish, and Japanese. We strive to make sure that every tribe, tongue, and nation can hear the wonderful stories God is telling through us at Unshackled. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled audio drama podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review, rate our podcast, and uh, don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled In Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. Okay, here's the prize for our upcoming sweepstakes contest, a beautiful wooden scripture plaque. And I believe the scripture on this uh, particular plaque is Psalm 4610, Be still and know that I am God. 
I will be exalted in the earth. Folks, this is a gorgeous plaque, especially if you're looking for uh, daily inspiration from Scripture. You will love this authentic and um, very unique wooden plaque. The plaque has been sawn from a tree branch or a log uh, and cut in such a way to retain as much of the bark around the perimeter as possible. I didn't actually witness that happening, but I can assure you it did. It's been handcrafted around the natural character and the beauty of the wood that God created. So all you have to do to enter our unshackled audio drama podcast sweepstakes drawing, (gasps) that's a mouthful, is call 312-281-1264 or email podcast at unshackled.org and give us your name, phone number, and email. Your name, phone number, and email. The winner of this sweepstakes uh, drawing for this beautiful scripture plaque will be announced on July 26th, but the deadline for entry is July 21st. The deadline for entry, July 21st. And next time... Carol! Now! Can't I just... I'm telling you to leave! You'll regret this! Well, if you're there, God, I hope you're proud of yourself. How embarrassing is that? Do you ever look around at other people's lives and feel like you got dealt a bad hand? Thanks a lot for this terrible life. What a nice plan you had for me. Abused by many, married an alcoholic, some god you are. Carol endured abuse and suffering as a child that led to years of shame and hopelessness. Can I go now? Yeah, get out of here. And Carol? I won't say anything. We'll see how the trials she faced led her down a path of addiction and hopelessness. Last night was a real trip. Yeah. Something must have been wrong with that coke. I don't think I want to do this anymore. The true story of Carol Peterson. Another dramatization coming soon on Unshackled. This is program number 3670. Heard in the true story of Dave Walker part two were Brad Armacost, Angela Morris, Jeff Parker, Judith Easton, Demetrius Troy, Oksana Fedonishin, and Amanda Markeski. Original music and audio engineer, Don Badorf. Sound effects, Demetrius Troy. Recording engineer, David Pierczynski. Script, Kylie Hammond. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ.